0: Running with Jake the podcast on this episode
1: and and it's just that trying to avoid that emotional roller coaster of the ups and the downs and just finding a little bit more contentment and enoughness in our lives
2: Running with Jake the podcast because every runner needs the occasional plot and here's your host Jake Lowe
0: Welcome back to the show. This is indeed Running With Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. If this is the first time you have listened to our little show of badness, then welcome to the show, not welcome back. I'll say that next week because hopefully you will enjoy it today. We have got a cracking show lined up, definitely. We are professional, professional podcasters. However, <laughs> just, just what? bear with, just bear Why with, you... I just need to fire out one quick message. Hang on. What? What are you? One, sec- one second, one second. One second. No, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. I can't. What are you doing? Don't message me. Now, I'm just sent. I've just sent a message to um, I've just sent a message to uh, my runner Simon who did the Manchester Marathon weekend he was part of that the other week. Sure. Uh, but the, the problem is you see, as, as you know Pete and regular listeners will know, will know the setup here in the recording cupboard uh, is such that I can see you on Zoom, I've got the laptop, I've got a million windows open I'm recording, it's great. Uh, I've also got WhatsApp open. I, I send a lot of my runners WhatsApp messages as, as people know uh, but I also use a desktop version of that and, and he's, he keeps messaging me. He's, he's basically on a spa weekend at the moment right and it ex- <laughs> (laughs) Extended spa weekends. And he keeps posting selfies of him, like, in bathrobes and in the hot tub and stuff like that. And, you know, it's great. He's loving it. He's chilling. But he's itching to get back doing some training. And he's just messaging me, going, oh, I really feel like I want to do some weights. Can I do some strength work? And I'm like, look, I'm recording the podcast. So I've just told him to stop messaging me. I shall come back to you later.
2: Jake, all you (sighs) can do, right... It's just close that window down because you're the worst person you're the worst person in the world to have multiple windows open like you're trying to concentrate on one task yet you've got other windows open I know what your brain's like you're all over the place. It's like you see a shiny thing or a little notification or one of those little red badges with a number in it that you get everywhere. And all of a sudden, it's like you're not doing the podcast anymore because you're looking at a message. thing is, I've turned all those badges off, but it doesn't, it doesn't make any difference because I'm still checking
0: everything all the time. It's mad. I mean, I love it. Spinning plates. We all spin plates in life, don't we? Let's be honest. We're all flipping <laughs> crazy busy. Uh, and obviously, I send a lot of messages to my runners. I get a lot back. Which is great it's a really good way to communicate and around race weekends you know big events of course the phone is just smoking man it's like on fire Obviously, Manchester recently, we had the Brighton Marathon just gone, Rotterdam Marathon, Paris, you know, other races going off. So there's a lot of messages inbound, outbound, and also I get messages from other people as well. It's crazy. In fact, I get messages from very good friends of mine who are also uh, former podcast guests. Rory Horseman springs to mind. He messaged me this morning. Now, Rory's a great guy. He's a fellow coach. He is running... The Boston Marathon, this is in America, by the way, good old US of A. This is not the one in Lincoln in in the UK. So he's running Boston Marathon next Monday. He is feeling the same as everybody else feels around this time, one week before, in that taper period. We've spoken a lot about it on recent episodes. And the reason I'm saying this is actually Roo is a really good runner. Now I know we say the, the speed doesn't matter, your pace is your pace, and your goal is your goal, and that's true. But he is a He's a fast runner. He's like 245. He has to be fast, doesn't he, to
2: get into Boston?
0: He does, yeah. You. Wow. Well, I'm impressed, Pete. You are a font of knowledge where running is concerned. This is great. No longer the non-running guy. No, you're dead right. You have to qualify for Boston uh, in America. So, you know, you've got to run pretty pretty quick anyway. Uh, but then he's like 245 there in. you know, he's really speedy. But he goes through the exact same emotions and feelings and doubts and fears and has the same anxieties as everybody else no matter what your level of ability and the message you sent me this morning is living proof of that
3: yo 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 um feel rubbish back it's my back now my ass is fine it's my lower back it's just rubbish man i've just parked up to go for a run now to lo- try and loosen it out proper paranoia, it's rubbish my coffee machine wouldn't work this morning so i tried to run it through three times no water would come through so I'm going to go for a run, I'm going to get a coffee in town, I need to buy some throwaway clothes from Primark and then do some work. So I'm hoping by the time I've been through town, had a coffee, done a run, I hope I feel better, but I will report
2: back. He sounds really down, doesn't he? I mean, I can help him out with a coffee machine, um, potentially, I guess. Um, Yeah, it's all right to run water through it, but sometimes, Rory, what you have to do is you'll need to just polish the little barcode reader as well because it may get confused and it may think that something's happening that isn't happening. So just whatever you're doing, it's, it's an easy mistake to make. Just polish that little barcode reader on it just to just to make sure that it's it's reading properly. Running motivation,
0: coffee advice, it's all going on today. Uh, just want to point out that if anybody from Primark is listening, we're not saying that your clothes are only good enough to throw away. That's not what we're saying. We love your clothes. Rory is, is, is obviously going to pop to Primark to purchase a said item of clothing that he can then throw away at the start of the race, just to keep him warm on the starting line, which is a good idea. So I like the fact he's getting pragmatic. He's thinking about these things. Obviously, coffee is High on the list of his priorities, he's going to pop to town to get one sorted. That, but he just goes to show those fears that you can go through in your own mind. And and look how raw is that? I mean, he sent me a message. He sat in the car with an issue with his flipping ass and his lower back, and he's thinking, "Oh, I've got. I'm doing this run. How's it going to go?" You can tell he feels nervous about it. It's it's not a fantastic place to be but it's a place that we can all relate to and hopefully that's a little bit comforting
2: to know yeah i think it is for for people just like uh, more recreational. i know rory's recreational but for recreational runners who are just doing it and and targeting much uh, much less of a time that you know even people who are bloody fast have exactly the same kind of issues yeah because an important goal to you is an important goal
0: to you and therefore everything matters and you go through those that weird kind of period of oh especially if there's a real issue that you're dealing with I mean he's obviously got his butt issue that has hindered him throughout training but I have to say from a purely selfish point of view now I am actually quite I'm quite happy to receive that message I mean obviously I'm sad for Rory and I want him to go well and I'm sure he will I'm sure most of it is in his head and it will be great to hear how the race goes for him but a part of me is quite happy that I'm getting messages about his ass and his nerves because usually usually no i'm serious now usually the messages that i get from rory are around the topic of short lining short lining rory likes to discuss with me the lining of running shorts and i do get it i do get it it's his thing right we all have a thing runners listen to this will know you have a thing Well you get a bit weird about it you're a bit fussy about it it needs to be right and and that's Rory's thing. He honestly, like, he, he sends me so many messages on shorts that he has bought only to send them back because they were perfect, they were perfect, but the line you're not quite right. It's a whole it's the material, the feel, he just, you know, a bit of chafing going on, doesn't want that, just needs to feel right, doesn't want to, doesn't want them to cut too much into his groin, inside, like, get that, I get that. But that's his thing, not getting any more messages about that now. It's all about his ass. Well, you've got your own issues with shorts yourself, haven't you, about the waistband or whatever it was you were on about the other day. Oh, man, I even sent, right, in the lead up to Manchester, I even sent my runners the old mirror selfie, in various running outfits. I, <laughs> I know, I know. I was at a loss. I needed their opinion. But I'll tell you what it was. As you say, it's the waistband thing. That's my weird thing. So I'm not so fussed about the whole lining, but the waistband, I just... I just it needs to be really soft material, like super soft. I, I just... I don't like it pinching my fatty bits, my little my little fatty bits at the side, you know, around the back, little <laughs> love handle. But I hate... I just... Honestly, I hate it. And I'm usually in between sizes. So I'm typically small... And the shorts are perfect, but the waistband is just it just nips a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Just in the old the old love handles. Don't like it. And then if I get medium, there's too much material, it's wafting about
2: Honestly, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Just all this thing about short linings and um, and waistbands and all that kind of stuff. What about your What about your underpants? I mean, that's the bit that's contact. You're not your skin's not actually contacting the underlining of the short, is it, or the waistband? Because you've got your keks on and you're all <laughs> sorted there. Is that not <laughs> important? Are the pants not more important? No, you you don't wear pants. You don't wear pants with the shorts if they've got the lining.
0: I mean, some people may choose to wear the pants with. With the shorts but no i mean that's what the lining's for it's like it's like extra weight isn't it why would you want to do that what? i just no you don't need that and what? i i actually the reason the reason <laughs> i sent a lot of my runners the mirror selfie what do you think guys i was actually I, I i decided in the end i ordered loads of shorts i sent them all back i decided in the end to wear an old pair of shorts and they were lycra shorts they were very small li- uh, lycra tight shorts as you can imagine pockets in the side which is great so i can just slip the energy gels in there don't have to think about it i didn't need to wear a belt to carry the energy gels which was really good but i I was like do i wear pants with them do i not i felt a bit self-conscious if i didn't wear pants but then if i put the pants on obviously there's an extra layer of material there they were just pinching a little bit more felt a bit tight oh it's a nightmare Pete. honestly in the end i just went commando and just wore i just wore the shirt i was a little bit conscious but you know what actually If you're listening to this and you are a little bit conscious about what you wear, sometimes you might make the choice of what to wear in a training run or a race based on, oh, you know, being conscious, but actually you wouldn't really choose that. You'd rather wear something else. I think there's many people that can feel a little bit self-conscious about what they wear when running. And sometimes that can hinder them to the point where they choose to wear something they don't really want to wear in training or racing, but they feel more comfortable in it, which I do understand. But you know, in training and especially at a race, especially in a race, nobody cares about anybody else. Everybody's thinking about themselves and where the baggage drop is and when do I do my warm up and, you know, am I going to poo myself at mile 18? That's what's
2: on people's mind. They're not thinking about whether you're wearing pants or not. Take it from me. This whole pants thing has blown my mind, I'll be honest with you. Just at some point, I think, I understand you running people. Yeah, I'm on board with this. I get it. Yeah, cool. Now you tell me you're not wearing trolleys. I mean, my head's in my hands, I'll be honest with you. I don't know what's going on. Well, it's interesting you've got your head in your hands because that's the
0: complete opposite for me. My hands are usually in my pants. Just checking the lining. (laughs) Just checking the lining.
2: For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast.
0: Right, it's time to get this week's guest on. This is a call we recorded before the Manchester Marathon. Fantastic chat. You're going to love it. I'm always feeling super fired up. Every Wednesday, full length episodes of the podcast. Love chatting to our inspirational. Motivational guest, and I know today's guest. She's already warned me. She's going to start to get a little bit animated. So if you do hear a bit of banging on the table and the sofa and the wall, bit of clanging and stuff, you, it's just Julie. Julie's just getting a little bit animated and a bit into the whole thing. That's cool. It's Friday as we record this, we're up for that. Julie, <laughs> great to chat to you today on the show. Welcome, welcome, I'm welcome. So excited to be here. Now look, just settle in, just warm yourself up. So I don't want you to burn it. You don't want. To, I don't want you to peak. It's like running a marathon. Don't peak too soon, girl. Otherwise, this chat will be like five minutes and we'll be done. All right. So, just settling. Now, I'm get, I am gonna I want to get this right. This is crazy. There's so much I want to talk to you about. I'm, I'm surprised you've got time to record a call with us today. You are a business growth strategist, a professional keynote speaker, a top 5% podcaster. It's also good to speak to a fellow podcaster. And you're also a running coach. Oh. And you run yourself. You're a mother. You're a business owner. I feel, oh, God, I can't keep up. I can't keep up. How do you spin all those plates. Where do we start? Let's start with running. I think we should do that. Tell me a bit about your entry to running, Judy, because that's a good place to start, isn't it? How did you get into it to start off with? And then then how did you move to helping others.
1: Yeah, it's a great story. So I used to work on the Olympics, right? So I used to be a volunteer manager for Newham Council when we were in the bid phase, so when we were trying to get everyone excited ah. about the Games. And I used to go to all of these events trying to get people excited about physical activity, but I wasn't active at all. I was overweight, I was out <laughs> clubbing every weekend, I was not the poster child for the Olympics. And somebody in the sports team said, we've got this fun run happening at the weekend, can we have some volunteers? And by the way, are you going to do it? And I was like yeah I'll do it. I was like in my early 20s I was like you know how hard can 3k be? I almost died. I almost died <laughs> firstly of not being able to breathe secondly of embarrassment I came last and I was like this is not on and so I made a bit of a commitment to improve my fitness um, and I hated running you know running was last on the list I'd prefer swimming cycling aerobics anything other than running so I had this love hate relationship with running for about six years and then bit by bit I got into it and I did a 10k race in Victoria Park and I come last and not only did I come last when I got to the finish line they Everyone had gone. They'd packed up the finish line and there was nobody there. Um, And firstly, I was like, that's quite funny. Secondly, I was like, actually, that's quite sad. Um, And... I just had this thought in my mind like am I the only fat person that runs and that does races and that is slow um and so that afternoon I set up a blog called the fat girl's guide to running which was supposed to be a bit of a joke and then before long I had thousands of followers and I, I started to get a little bit more angry about the fact that plus size women were not represented very well in the in the, you know in the world of sport and that was 11 years ago nearly 12 years ago um and the world of running has changed significantly since then you know we didn't have park run we didn't have the this Girl can campaign, you know, plus size athletes was not a thing, you know I, I got a card that said Julie Creffield plus size athlete and people used to laugh every time I showed it to them, they thought it was a bit of a joke so, you know, it's been a long old decade of, of doing this stuff and I've run five marathons, you know, probably a hundred half marathons, I've done tough mudders I've done a, a triathlon you know, all sorts of crazy things you know, um, and I bring my women with me, you know, they don't all do marathons you know, they're at every stage of the running journey um, but you know it's had its ups and downs I mean I didn't run during the pandemic you know I just didn't run at all just stopped altogether so it's been like starting from scratch again trying to get back up to doing slightly longer distances again Do
0: you think it was easier for you or harder for you to
1: get back
0: into your running? You know you had the break with the pandemic and Mm -hmm. I think that affected a lot of people. I think some people actually threw themselves into it because the I don't know, work from home, they've got more time, it's like, right, I'm going to take up running, I'm going to run more, less busy. Some people went the other way, sounds like it went the other way for you and you kind of wash your hands of it for a short while. Did it, was it easier to get back into it because you'd already done it? Do you know what I mean? Like you'd gone through that kind of infancy period, you said, oh, I hated running and oh my gosh, means to an end and I was coming last and oh... How did you get back into it and how easy was it?
1: Yeah, I mean, the reason I stopped running, I was training for the London Marathon that year. So I was, you know, getting into peak condition and then that stopped. I'm a single mum, so actually getting out for a run is impossible during the pandemic when you're supposed to be at home looking after your child, you know. And I couldn't get her to go on her bike. I couldn't do any amount of significant training with her being at home. And I had to make peace with that. What I didn't realise, I kind of knew and didn't know, was how linked... Uh, running was to my good mental health and so during the pandemic my mental health took a, a nosedive um, I probably put on about three stone in weight, so things like walking became difficult you know, I'm not going to beat about the bush, I had lower back pain, I couldn't breathe you know, I just was not in a very good physical or mental place and I knew something had to change Um, and I took a bit of a break, I went to Greece for a couple of weeks um, to write a book and I got into sea swimming I swam in the ocean every day and it felt really grounding and like, I just had this different experience with my body, I still didn't want to run you know, I did some walking and some hiking and stuff, but it's difficult to not run when you have a running business <laughs> because what do you talk about like sure. you know and <laughs> it's really hard and so I had this kind of decision like what do I do do I get rid of that business do I sell it do I you know or do I still have some races in me um and running is a, an incredible sport and I missed it I really missed it but I knew I needed some I needed a big challenge bigger than anything I'd ever done to motivate me enough to go through the pain of even getting back up to 5k, you know, and I'm only just back up to being able to run a strong 5k now, you know, and it's taken me all of this year to really do that
0: patience, isn't it? It's it's not easy to uh, and I guess we can all be our own worst enemy a little bit, yeah. can't we? I certainly can it doesn't matter where you are, as you say in the running journey what your goals are, aspirations, reasons behind it what your entry point was we've all got these kind of things in our mind of how we should feel and how far we should be able to run. I always think should's a funny word what are we basing it on? You know, you've got to give it some evidence and back it up, haven't you? Well, I should be able to run quicker than that, why? Have you done it before? Is, it, is there some reason that makes you feel you, you should? So I think we can all be a little bit hard on ourselves What are some of the obstacles that you face, not personally, I guess to a degree personally as a coach, but, you know, with the the ladies that you help, so the runners you help, what are some of their barriers? I'm interested to know some of the common things as a fellow coach. And also what advice do you have what's some of the good bits of information that you can give people if they are struggling to overcome their own sort of barriers you know they're getting in their own way
1: yeah I mean Sport England did a lot of research on this uh, around the This Girl Can campaign and it was the fear of judgment you know and I think the stat was two million fewer women play sport than men because of the fear of judgment and I did a TEDx talk based around that stat because it's not just about running running is a metaphor for so much else in women's lives you know if women are afraid to go out for a run they're often afraid to go for promotion they're often afraid to start dating you know it's all about that what will people think of me if I'm you know it's it's almost like a fear of getting it wrong or a fear of failure it's easier to not try than to try and to fail and running is such a visible sport right and so I've had so many stories of people shouting stuff um uh, throwing stuff out of car windows like just abuse you know just abuse when I'm just out for a run and so it only takes that happening a couple of times for you to think actually it doesn't feel emotionally safe for me to do that as a sport so lots of women have told me that they run on treadmills in their in their garden shed because that feels safer to them and then I think God, that's so sad that they don't get to enjoy nature and the, you know, running with other people and, and all of those things. So, you know, my biggest advice is, is to kind of put yourself in, a, in an emotional bubble where you're so focused on your own goals and your reasons why, knowing that it's going to improve your physical health, your mental health, your social skills, all of those things, that you kind of almost don't see... The negative stuff or even the fear of the negative stuff because sometimes it's the fear of judgment rather than the judgment itself but also um you've got to be kind to yourself you know and if you're going out for a run the first time it's going to be bloody hard you know and it's accepting that you're going to breathe funny and your face is going to go red and your hair is going to sweat and you're going to chafe all of those things happen right and they don't just happen to plus size women a lot of plus size women are like oh my god i chafed uh. and i'm like you know other athletes chafe as well like it's it's not you know and it's that being in community I think that's why people do love my communities because we can laugh about it like went out for a run had to come home because I needed a poo you know like it's great to be able to kind of talk about that stuff you know but it's hard and I think semi-public accountability really works for me I mean public accountability works for me but a lot of my women they love the thing of oh I don't really want to go for a run but I'm gonna you know if I haven't reported back in an hour give me a boot. Right, and so that's what the women in my community do. They encourage each other when they're not feeling like they want to go for a run because we know the other end of it, we're going to all feel great, you know. But it's also not beating yourself up when you can't go out for a run. You know, loads of people have got COVID at the moment. It's really getting in the way of their plans. And there's an element of acceptance, you know, the the running journey is up and down for everybody. And it's, you know, I I did, I wrote a book this year called Kickstart Your Running, which actually wasn't about starting, it was about sustaining, right? We're always starting, you know, starting habits is easy, it's the sustaining and the maintaining that is the hard bit, right? And that's to do with emotions and mindset more than the physical stuff. You know, I don't teach people how to run, I teach people how to think and to how to you know, uh, organise their lives so that running becomes more of a priority for
0: them. I, I really like that, that some of the things you said there, it's accepting, isn't it? That it's it's not going to be easy and it isn't for anybody. And I think as well, the further you are down the running journey, not necessarily everybody. So oh. if it's somebody that just wants to run for their for their wellness and they're not bothered about events particularly and they're just doing it to get some space and some time out and some time for them, great, no problem. But if they're looking at moving forward, which which a lot of people are, I think they're always setting new goals and targets, however ambitious or not they may be, you know. They're setting goals and targets, so therefore, there's naturally going to be some obstacles. There's going to be some disappointment. There's going to be runs where you think, I just can't be bothered. Just before you joined us for this call, Julie, I had to explain, because you joined us halfway through a conversation Pete and I were having. So, Pete, I'm doing the Manchester Marathon on Sunday. I've got some of my runners doing it. Some are doing the marathon relay, Manchester Marathon relay. Pete's doing that. And he was talking about, he ran yesterday, and he ran in the snow, so he's very proud of himself. He ran in the snow. But we all all come up against those barriers and obstacles, whether it's weather, snow, chafing. By the way, I'm a chafer. I'm also a pooer, so you're in good company. We'll, we'll save it for episode two when you come back on the show. We'll we'll share wild poo stories. We won't do that today because I'm just Matt, obviously. So a little little bit embarrassing. Don't know you that well. Got a great poo story but everybody comes up against those obstacles. So being able to find that place in your mind where you accept and you keep going, as you say, sustainability. Everybody can start a diet on a Monday or eat healthy on a Monday or start meditating on a Monday. Are you going to do it on Tuesday? You know, are you going to do that? Tell me a bit about where you are personally with your running in terms of goals. Because I'm really interested. You touched on some marathons and stuff, and I know you, you, you're you into something with some of your ladies, which is amazing. So I want to hear about that. um And I'm interested because obviously you've had this period out and you're kind of finding your way back. And you said sometimes it's difficult, isn't it? Because you're like you're coaching, you were a coach, but then you weren't. You had that time out. What do you do? Do you sell the business? Oh. Clearly, you haven't done that. What's your goal? What are you working towards?
1: I am in about sixty-seven days—not that I'm counting—running <laughs> um, <laughs> T-minus, <laughs> running the Sierra Leone Marathon in West Africa. Um, yeah, it's the—it's deemed as the craziest marathon on the planet. Um, and I'm taking seven of my ladies who are also going to be running the marathon with me and potentially a few extra that are going to run the half marathon our team is expanding as you know as time goes on and we're attempting to raise £100,000 for the charity Street Child that help children predominantly in war-torn countries to access education and I think that's the thing that was the missing part for me like I've always been motivated by goals by exciting races you know interesting places to visit but for the longest time I was like there's got to be something beyond my mission of getting lots of women in, and actually the, the connection with Street Child is really uh, a good one because actually I started my career working with young people and I really believe that I've got to where I am in my life because th- I had a few teachers that really believed in me and I've had access to free education and things like that so it feels like the connection with a charity is that final piece in the puzzle for me to to really go big and to really involve my community in something you know pretty extraordinary.
0: I've just pulled up the website here this looks uh, bizarre, bonkers, amazing, <laughs> all of those things. I can't believe you're doing this. It, there's always something with running, I find. And, and I guess, look, let's be honest, exercise and activity in general, you know, sport in general. But the thing about running is it is really accessible. Of course, there are... There's a flip side to that because it can be a high injury rate. You've got to be careful, as you say. You're very vulnerable. What was the phrase that you use? A kind of, it's a very visible sport, isn't it? Especially if you're involved in social media and the likes of Strava, all that. You know, you you can't really hide away unless you're in in a shed on a treadmill. You know, in, in your garden type thing. But there's so much out there to inspire us to do things. Whether you're using it as a bit of a platform now to connect others and and help people feel better raising money for this amazing cause but also how awesome is that going to be in sierra leone have you oh, ever been you've been I, there
1: no i've not i've not um and uh what's given me kind of hope at the moment is the last two days of the trip are in a like luxury beach resort so like that's the, <laughs> that's the end goal you know like you know sipping a cocktail and you know <laughs>
0: You've got to have that reward, haven't you? Yeah. You've got to have yeah, that yeah. reward. I think that's amazing. And what has been your most challenging marathon and why? Was it your first one? For many people, it's easy to think, well, oh, it's got to be the first one, it's the unknown. But you've done five. This is going to be number six, I take it. Yeah.
1: Um, the first one I took really seriously because I, I was just so afraid of dying that I took it really seriously. I, ju- I, I, joined, a proper, <laughs> I joined a proper running club and I lost lots of weight. Um, I was actually pregnant. I was six weeks pregnant when I ran the London Marathon the first time. Didn't know. Didn't know at all. About a week later, I started having dizzy spells. And, yeah, I was pregnant with my daughter, Rose. Um, So that one was easy um because it was unnew and actually I say that running marathons is like having a baby you know you don't know how much it's going to hurt you know and why we sign up for another one I do not understand you know and and actually running the same marathon again is really hard so I've done London three times and I think it gets harder every time because you know the route you know where the hard bits are um yeah I'd probably say the last time I run um London was the hardest because I, I wasn't particularly well trained for it I wasn't maybe I wasn't taking it as seriously I don't
0: know it's funny isn't it because once you've done something once then you can start to measure mm. so, well that's what I did and as you say you get to know the course if it's the same route same marathon half marathon whatever race it is and then you can start to put a bit of pressure on yourself yeah. difficult to get that balance right isn't so it? so clearly into the mindset stuff Julie but it, it's hard isn't it I yeah. mean we're so we're recording this on Friday We're doing the Manchester Marathon this Sunday, right? So when we play this out, we'll have done the Manchester Marathon. Hopefully I won't have stopped at mile 18 for a while, Pooh. I don't know. I really don't know. (laughs) I'll let you know when we get you back on. I don't know if you find this, Julie. With The more that you run yourself, so you build up the experience, you go through the highs and lows and you have your successes, you have your quote-unquote failures or, in your mind, failures because you didn't do what you wanted to do. But for other people, I find it really interesting to follow them on their journey and support them and see the emotions that they are going through that I went through. And I think it's important not to lose touch of that, isn't it? Does that make sense? I'll give you an example. (laughs) Honestly, I had the best part of 45 minute call from Peter Allen the other day, who his basic question about (laughs) about Manchester was when to put his shorts on. (laughs) He wasn't it's sure. Because question. he's driving up on the morning. It's a serious question. Because he's
2: driving up what was your issue, Pete? Because you're driving up on the on the Sunday. Uh, because I'm driving up on the Sunday morning, I'm like, what do I what do I wear as I'm driving? And Jake's going on about have you got have you got tracks at the bottoms? And I'm going, no, because I'm not a fitness guy or a teenager. I don't stand around corners with my hands down my tracksuit bottoms and I'm not a fit guy so no of course I don't have tracksuit bottoms I mentioned this to my wife and she's going I'll get you some tracksuit bottoms I go don't you bloody dare because you're going to it's a slippery slope exactly you're going to make me either look like um, someone who's trying to be a fitness guy a teen well I'm not i past looking like a teenager let's be honest or a PE teacher I don't want tracksuit <laughs> bottoms. So anyway, the issue was... I can't wait for the race it's, it's photos. Like, I, Jake asked me this time last week on the podcast whether I was um, scared or afraid uh, and, and worried and nervous. And the answer is no, because I have no point of reference. I have no idea Ooh. of what it's going to be like. And, and since yeah. that conversation, I just wanted to put it together in my head and get those little details together, as in, you know, what actually happens, because I have no perception. Yeah. I've spent, yeah. spent ages kind of, I am not a fitness guy at all, and I spent time running for, um, just just to stop me being insane, I think, just for my mental yeah, yeah. well-being, and you know, when I started off, it was very much like, I'd, I'd run past people and they'd be on the driveway washing their car and I'd want to hide away, it was like, oh mm. no what are they going to think, and it took me some time to realise they don't think anything, because they're too busy washing their car yeah. or doing whatever they're doing <laughs> um, but now, I'm like, all of a sudden, got to do this thing in Manchester and I just need to work out what it's going to be like before experiencing yeah. it because it's going to be you don't
1: know what you don't know you don't I know i mean that's the point you don't know True. what you don't know and actually it was one of the reasons that i decided to write a book about marathon running mm. right um and at the time i had all these kind of mind monkeys saying who are you to write a book about marathon running you've only run two or three or whatever it was and you're slow and you're fat and all th- damn those actually, monkeys yeah, but, you know, actually, the bits in the book that people always thank me for is all those little bits of, like, what to pack, what mm. to do, what happens, you know, um, how to choose your marathon, what to think about, what to do when it becomes really hard, you know, because you just don't think about those things, you know, and, mm. and like, for me, the I, I've run... Um, my fastest run, run uh, marathon was just under six hours, and my slowest was close to eight hours, mm. right? The difference between... A six out or even a seven and an eight that one hour difference in a city marathon is the difference between you having a good time and a really hard time yeah, yeah. and that's to do with um having other runners around you having uh, crowds the chance of the sweeper van i mean i was telling this story at the weekend i did a half marathon once in geneva and the strap line was something like the fastest run you'll ever run or something like that mm. and literally after about 20 seconds i was the last runner mm. and there was a sweeper van that was going beep beep <laughs> And I was like, I cannot run for three hours with that behind me. Yeah. So I literally <laughs> sprinted to get in front of a few people so that I wasn't the last runner. And there was one bit that we came... It was beautiful. It was a beautiful race. There was one bit that I came round a corner and there was a dual carriageway that went down. And it meant that I run really fast. But I was the only runner and I was running really fast. And there was this town that has come out to cheer, I felt like Paula Radcliffe, I felt like I was at the start of the run, it was the funniest thing ever, I was like, I'm the champion um, and so I was there with Susie Chan, right, so Susie Chan and I have done lots of races together um, and she was doing the full marathon um, and she, I'm sure she finished the full marathon about 10 minutes after I did the half, you know but, um, but yeah, you know it's really easy not to um, get caught up in your own head with all this stuff am I going to come last, uh, is she going to be faster than me, am I going to be fast than myself before you know all of those things and there's so much that's out of your control and if you if you allow those mind monkeys to kind of take control then you'll never do anything you'll never say yes to anything it's a really funny place to be
0: isn't it when you are kind of stuck in your own head and your your own thoughts and 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 and, and you all know as a, as a business strategist as well you help lots of people outside of obviously the world of running the, the obstacles are obstacles and people can still get caught in their own thoughts can't yeah. and stumble over them yeah, and yeah just kind of replay them over and over again i do it as i'm sure you do it julian i guess it's a about having coping mechanisms, strategies. I mean, I love what you say about the book there, talking about running marathons. You don't know what you don't know. Of course, absolutely that. And it's the things that people don't think about. Oh, I didn't actually think about that. You know, I I recommend everybody has three times in their mind. If you are targeting a time, don't just pin your hopes on one time. Choose three times. You know, be organised. Think about the Friday night. So we record this on Friday. Tonight, and I've told all my runners, is the most important night for sleep in my mind, because Saturday... If you're staying away, which we are, you're probably not going to sleep that great anyway. You're excited. You're nervous. All those things about the race. You don't want to miss the alarm clock. You probably won't be brilliant. Don't worry about it. As long as you've slept well in the week leading up to. So all those different things. Do I wear my shorts when I'm driving?
2: (laughs) It's a concern. (laughs) In my taxi car. (laughs) It is a a concern. It
0: is an absolute concern. Outside of running, Judy, you've mentioned sort of well-being and stuff, which I love. How do you get some headspace yourself outside of running, or do you? And um, 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 what does that look like? How does it work?
1: I, I'm a little bit of a weird person. <laughs> I'm hyper. Fo- I'm hyper focused on things. Um, I don't take breaks. Uh, I'm a. You know, I am. People would say I'm an overachiever. You know, I, I write books really quickly, and I I launch programs really quickly. And um, I think the pandemic. It was such a unique experience. For Or me uh, running two businesses, one that was all that basically. Stopped overnight because most of my women were carers for other people so they couldn't prioritize their own health anymore so I was like oh what do I do you know I can't make money from that business but I'm still got thousands of women looking at me for inspiration motivation you know to hold space for them and then in the other side of my world my business coaching I've never been so busy in my life you know everybody was taking their offline business online and who's been doing that for many years Julie so you know I worked with about 3,000 business owners during in the pandemic, right? While homeschooling my child, looking after my running business and having, you know, panic attacks at the supermarket. And so that just experience has left me exhausted. Right? It's left me exhausted and it's had such a profound um effect on my view on the world and, and who I am. Like who is Julie when she's not running marathons, when she's not raising money for charity, when she's not working so hard? You know, what does Julie do when she takes a week off? And I don't know the answers to all of those things because it's been such, you know, a long time. And and I think I've been talking a lot about trauma and the effect of trauma on 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 who we are as humans. And I think, you know, throughout my life, I've had little pockets of of trauma that have made me do things, right? I got made redundant four times in 10 years and that made me go, right, that's never happening again, I'm going to set up my own business, because then no one can sack me from it, right, um, you know, had had a baby, become a single parent, I was like, right, you know, and, and it's always this kind of fight or flight response, looking forward, I don't want to be in that position anymore, you know, so I've been thinking that this last year, I've not been all like, rah, rah, rah with either of my businesses, because I, I need to figure out what's next for me, you know, beyond the pandemic, you know, and, and not jump into the next big thing, she says, you know training for another marathon, but you know I think it does the pandemic has given us all an opportunity to really uh, reflect on who we are as humans and what we want from our lives because nobody knows what 's around the corner. I mean I, I had COVID in October and ended up in hospital, and I can remember being on the trolley in the hospital going, "This might be it, and i don 't feel like I 've done enough i don 't feel like I 've had enough impact." on the world and it sounds a bit weird but that that was genuinely my thought shit if i die i don't think i've done enough i've i've not lived the life i wanted to and i've i've lived an extraordinary life don't get me wrong i've done some incredible things and you know but there, in that moment, I was like, if I die now, am I dying happy? And I was like, no, because there was so much more I could have given. I mean, I was being a bit overdramatic. I was only there for 24 hours. But, you know, in that moment, you do. You reflect on what life is and who you are in it.
0: I really love your honesty today, Julie. And, and I think the pandemic's a funny one, isn't it? Because it's something the whole world has shared, which is we can't often say that about something, can we? And, and I think that... The whole thing of asking ourselves questions, you know, almost the meaning of life or meaning of my life. Where am I going? What do I want to do? Do I want to still run, for example? You know, how do I look after my runners or my business clients or, you know, all those. How do I get down down downtime? Who am I? Who's Julie? Who's Jake? I think they're questions that are really important to ask anyway. But I think the pandemic may have acted as, hopefully, in a positive sense, I I mean, obviously lots of negatives, but the positive sense, trying to reframe it positively, is that it might act as a bit of a catalyst to start asking ourselves those questions. You know, the classic one, bringing it back to running, is after a big race that you train for, that doesn't have to be a marathon, as you you know, Julie. It can be something that you build up in your mind that's a big thing. Pete, for you, it'll be the the, the 10K relay in Manchester. You've never done it. It's going to be a big thing, right? Part of a big weekend. Afterwards, I think it's really important to try to avoid knee-jerk reactions. Now, that's not so easy to do, but giving yourself some space to think about what you want out of running. Where do you want to go? Do you want to take a mini break from running? Do you want to do some cross training? Do you want to have a go with something else? Do you want to join Julie with the in the Sierra Leone Marathon? You know, what do you want to do? What do you want to achieve? Because it's very easy to go, oh, I need to do that again. Or, oh, they're sending me emails going, uh, early bird offer, sign up, sign up, sign up. You know, we can all be guilty of going, yeah it you know but reacting I think just taking some space
1: and, and acknowledging what out. you've actually so done, you know, like <laughs> acknowledging what you've actually done and saying, "Well done, me! I did a great job. I I stuck with it. I persevered. I, you know, so often we achieve something and we're on to the next thing without actually truly, you know, dissecting how awesome we did to achieve that thing in the first place."
0: You you are so so right, and it's what's really funny is I sent I send voice messages out to my runners, Julie, and I sent one this morning, and I always say to people. I don't care what your goal is. So, I don't, you know, people come to me usually with a goal, as they will with you, business related, running related, and they've got a goal. I genuinely do not care what that goal is. I care that, first of all, it's realistic and I, can I help this person achieve this work towards it? Where are they now? What's their starting point? I just want to help them bridge that gap the key for me personally my personal goal for them is to help them feel proud of themselves and what they've achieved I, they never come to me saying jake i want to feel proud of what i've achieved but i always want to try to bring that to the party if i can i want to try to make that happen i can tell you're on board with it because you're nodding away and it's i just think that's such an amazing thing and if you don't take time out to reflect as you're saying how do you know if you're proud of what you achieve how are you going to give yourself a pat on the back you know you mentioned working with the olympics uh, everybody we work with i think i'm right in saying are not olympians they're not full-time athletes they're doing it because they choose to do it mental health or whatever reasons it might be let's really enjoy it yeah That's what
1: I and it's about a sense of enoughness right I am enough what I did was enough whether I do another one or whether I don't I'm still enough right you know and it's like it's very easy to finish a marathon I did this the first one finished it and thought oh I think I could go faster right and then I did the Brighton marathon and, and was marginally faster but was very disappointed because I'd really upped my speed training you know, and and it's just that trying to avoid that emotional roller coaster of the ups and the downs and just finding a little bit more contentment and enoughness in our lives. I think
0: we're all a work in progress, aren't we? And I think that's just how it how it is and how it should remain really. It's always, always improving and looking at how we can do things slightly differently. And like you say, just be happy with who we are. Man, stop giving ourselves <laughs> a hard time. <laughs> Julie, it's been amazing to chat to you. I love it. Should we just carry on? That's yeah, how we awesome. should go. You're busy. <laughs> You've got yeah. stuff to do. I've got a, I've got a pack for the Manchester Marathon. Well, I've got, I've got a
1: pack. half marathon at the weekend. I'm doing the London landmarks. It'll be my first half marathon in three years. So, yes. Wow. <laughs> Enjoy it. Are you looking forward to it? Are you running with some of your, your yeah, ladies? We've got a, we've you? got a, yeah, we've got a small team. We probably won't run together, but we'll meet up beforehand. But, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it.
2: Awesome, awesome. Now, at what point? At what point will you put putting your shorts on, Julie? I mean, I need to ask. You know, how are you going to be driving I'm there?
1: I might sleep. In, I might sleep in them, so I've got no excuse in the morning. That's the answer <laughs> I was looking for.
2: That's a great idea, Jake. Why didn't you tell me to sleep in my
0: shorts? I've got you both on Zoom. I'm the only one stood up. You can see what I'm wearing. You're both sat down. Have you both got your shorts on? Now, I think you should stand up. I think you've both got your shorts on. I'm ready up I've got my pajama pyj-
1: bottoms on still. I've got my- <laughs> <laughs> I oh, no! my top. Oh,
2: <laughs> A proper podcast
1: I've got my belt
2: guest. undone I'll because it's it. too small. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God! Oh dear, my zips on as well. How embarrassing. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> I think it's probably a good time to wrap up. Julie, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. If people want to connect with you and see what you're up to, you're on Instagram, aren't you? How can they follow you?
1: Yeah, um, for the running stuff, it's really easy to find me. Just Google Too Fat to Run. Uh, anything to do with being a plus-size runner, I come up really high in the SEO. And then it's my name, Julie Creffield, for all of the uh, business coaching stuff. We'll link that in the show notes page, which you know the score by now, you regular listeners.
0: It is runningmajake.com forward slash podcast. You fired me up today, Julie. I'm on it now. I'm on it. I hope I don't burn out ahead of the <laughs> weekend. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Listen, don't dash off. I know you want to dash off. I, I can see you want to dash off. Put your pyjama top back on. Don't do that. I've got one more question for you. We ask all of our guests' question. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah, it's great question. It's, it's great not a great question. question. It's, not,
2: it's nothing more than an average question. It's, it's just an question. average question. It's just an average question. Sorry. Ready? Okay.
0: Julie, this is your weekly dose of running motivation. What does the word motivation mean to you?
1: It means giving yourself a kick up the backside when you genuinely need it.
0: Look at that. Just say it how it is. Love it, Julie. Listen, have a great day. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the half marathon. We'll speak again. Cool, thanks, guys. It's been brilliant. Running with Jake, the podcast. I've just had another voice message from Rory. Oh, no, not about pants again. Not about about pants? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He's obviously done his run. He's ob- should, we, should we play it out? Listen, have a listen.
3: Yo, yo, yo. Finished my run, did 10K easy. Um, yeah, man, my back's just tight. It's just... Uh, not what you want for a marathon, but I've got all week, you know. It's about just stretching the legs out. My hamstrings are just tight man I don't know why because Sunday wasn't particularly hard work but we'll see yeah so I'm gonna go get a coffee not gonna be negative gonna be positive still got six days a lot can change six days just gotta keep my body moving keep stretching got the volt arriving today I just gotta be positive and uh yeah get to that start line if it fucking kills me so yeah maybe I need some Brittany you know what that's not what I'm gonna do I'm going to walk to town now from my parking space, free parking office, um, and listen to Britney. And I'm going to think of you, and I'm going to be a happy person whilst I go buy my shitty throwaway clothes from Primark. So thank you, sir. You've inspired me today to listen to some awful music.
2: He does sound down. And once again, just to confirm that Primark's clothes are not shitty, um, absolute confirmation on that, and not disposable. Uh, carry on, please, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> just need to make sure we're covered legally, you know? I think you did a good job there. I think we're covered. I think we're covered.
0: Thank you. He is downbeat, man. Like, seriously. And that... Yo. 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 I I thought... I mean, that's normally how we, uh, like, speak to each other. I do that with my runners as well. It's like, yo, 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 morning. Right, guys, this is what you've got. I mean, he's like, yo. I thought that was on, like, slow speed. I thought we got a technical problem, I'll be honest.
3: Yo, yo,
0: yo. I thought we'd slowed that down. Yeah, some issue. You know what he mentioned there about getting to the start line? Got to get to that start line. That, I think, is such a huge takeaway. Honestly, like, because we get so focused on performance, but you can't, you know, forget performance. You've got to be standing on that flipping line. You've got to be in the race in the first place, able to take part. And that's not a given. That isn't a guarantee. World-class athletes get injured. You know, we can all get injured. So I think having that in mind that that is the most important thing, I think it can help you to make some good Good decisions in your training, but look, I, I obviously I wish Rory like all the luck in the world. I, he's going to be fine. I, I he's going to be fine. I know him. He's going to be fine.
2: I hope he will be. I'm sure he will be. We should actually, to be fair, because I feel, you know, you've, you've had multiple windows open and you've taken us off in directions we didn't want to go in today, but I I, I like it and and uh, and Rory's a lovely guy as well. So it'd be great to get him on next week, actually, just to get a little bit of a debrief after he's, um, after he's run the marathon, because it will be a day after, won't it, by the time we do our recording session next week? Yeah, we should do that. We'll get him on next week. Of course, I've not asked his
0: permission to play out these messages. He will have no idea until he listens to this show, so he might not agree to come on next week but if he doesn't we'll just we'll just hire an imposter or something get somebody's voice on be fine okay we'll have rory so, on the show next week you'll hear all about it
2: so we've potentially annoyed rory today and we've also definitely undoubtedly annoyed primark we should probably take another question actually a running related
0: question one of your questions it is indeed hashtag ask jake today's question comes from sue who wants to know why the recovery period following a marathon needs to be so long And is she okay just to get back into normal training once her legs feel okay? So once your legs are no longer sore following a marathon, it might be okay to do some gentle jogging just to ease yourself back in. I think in the main, it's probably a safer option to jump in the pool, jump on a bike and just kind of forget running for, I would say, at least two weeks, sort of 10 days to two weeks, and then start to bring some easy jogs slash easy runs in. In terms of normal training resuming, I would wait at least four weeks because You know, we have lots of time. And I think after a marathon, the important thing to bear in mind is there's certain things that you can't feel or see where the body's concerned. So you can feel if your legs are sore or not, but what you can't see is the stress that you put your central nervous system under, your immune system, your digestive system in a race like a marathon. All these things need to fully recover. And remember, psychologically, I think it does us the world of good just to have a break and hit the reset button. So stay patient, don't push too hard, and you will be better for it. I hope that helps. If you've got a question, it's hashtag Ask Jake or you can drop me an email at plodcast at runningwithjake.com. And that, my friends, brings us to the end of another episode of Running With Jake, the podcast. A massive thank you to today's guest, Julie. Also, big thank you, big love to Rory and Primark. (laughs) We will be back next week to find out how Rory got on in the Boston Marathon. Have a great week. Whatever you're up to, we will see you next week. Oh, and one more thing. Each and every day, you must choose the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Or if he names Rory, the pain in the ass.